hello everyone and welcome to the July 2017 episode 10. Wow, it's hard to believe we're 10 episodes in into Tim Hayden's Big Ideas for Small Business podcast. So I am honored to have our special guest, Shane Duffy, my friend. Shane is the executive pastor of New Spring Church where my family attends. He has been on staff for 12 and a half years. He's been part of the church for 14 years and he he is married to his wife, Sherry. They have four sons. Wow. We have two kids. My the listeners have heard about them. Uh, his sons are 23, 21, 19, and 17. So, um, Shane, we're awfully glad to have you part of our podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me, man. What an honor. Excited about your podcast, too. Ten episodes in. It's hard to believe. Yeah, it is hard to believe. And, hey, you know, let our listeners hear you know, Shane was part of me. I had, you know, the Lord put this in my in my mind and said, you know, Tim, you need to do something. This and Shane helped me walk through having to get this thing started up. So it's cool to see we're ten episodes in. That's a big deal. Yeah. So um, a couple things about New Spring Church. You know, we have uh, currently our 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 church is over uh, three hundred staff. We have a forty million dollar budget. Um, you know, and you know, we some people may say, Tim, you know, you're talking about business. Why are you interviewing someone from church world? And I say that, you know what, um, the church, there is a business side to our church. And I think that, you know, with you having to lead over 300 team members, as uh, Dave Ramsey calls them, we call them too, you know, there's, there's a lot that has to be done. And I think that also let our listeners know, you know, you came from the business world before you came, before you, the Lord led you to be on staff at our church, correct? That's right. I spent 15 years with uh, State Farm Insurance before stepping into ministry and you're right, church does have, have to have a business aspect to it because just like anything else God puts us uh, puts in our hands, we have to be good stewards over it. And so we need to be wise about how we handle our staff, what kind of culture we build, how we spend money, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it definitely translates. Absolutely. Well, hey, today's topic that I'm really excited about is uh, vision and culture. And I know that we spend a lot of time in our business, and I'm sure every, all of our listeners can really lean in here is that um, uh, what we, when it comes to culture, uh, what we permit, we promote. We can talk about all the things all day long, but what we permit, we promote. We talk about that here. But a couple of, uh, a couple of things that, uh, you know, John Maxwell, I think, is one of the godfathers of wisdom and, you know, when it comes to leadership and culture. So a couple of things that he had said, while it's true that culture is very powerful, it works best in relationship with vision. Another way to say that is while culture is what gets you to your destination. Vision determines the destination. And then one other thing that he had, he had written is vision is about one day. Culture is about every day. Vision is described. Culture is modeled. And last point, vision aligns with values. Culture demonstrates them. I think that's, that's some real good tidbits of wisdom there from, from John Maxwell. Yeah, really solid. Yeah. So, um, so Shane, my first question for you is how does vision and culture work hand in hand? Well, Tim, um, any real vision, life-changing or world-changing vision will be too big for one person to accomplish it alone. Mm. And so other people will be necessary to help you get where you want to go. And culture is the environment that people work together in to achieve the vision. If we create or allow a culture that's contrary to our vision or one that's counter to our vision, one that doesn't intentionally cultivate the realization of the vision, then we're never going to get where we're trying to go. 
you know, Shane, those words of wisdom you just gave us are worth the people listening to this podcast today. I mean, there's so much truth into what you just said. I mean, and as a leader and me personally, as a leader in our business, I cannot do this by myself. I mean, there is no way in a hundred years I could do it. So, I mean, you've got to empower people to number one, believe in the culture and then, and you know what, see it through, you know, and, and I think, and I think the thing that I really work on, to be intentional, I want to empower people to make decisions. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. One person can achieve a goal, but it's going to take a team to, to reach a vision. That, that's good, man. That is, that is really good. So, um, so uh, as uh, my next question is, as a business leader, how do you cast the vision and then make sure everyone in the organization buys in? Yeah, good question. Um, I think any vision uh, that we think we have should be tested by the people we're asking to go with us. Um, many leaders, you know, are too insecure to allow their vision to be tested by people who they're trying to lead. But if we'll submit our vision to the team and give them the authority to test it, to ask questions about it, and to offer their input uh, on the direction we think we should go, then those people are going to feel like they own the vision as much as you do. Um, and when you do this, a leader isn't relinquishing their vision, but they're actually refining it. Mm. Um, again, any real vision is going to be too big for one person to, to realize it alone. And so a servant leader, a servant leader, which is really the only type of leader other people are going to want to follow, at least for the long haul, under, you know, understands that they don't own a vision, but they steward it. So if there's a gap between the vision and the team, then either the vision is off or the team is off and one of them has to go. And it's in that situation that a leader has to make a tough decision. You know, is the vision off or is my team off or is my team not right to accomplish the vision? Because without the unity of the vision and the team, again, the vision won't be realized. Man, again, that, that is the absolute truth. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to veer off just for a minute, uh, Shane, about testing the vision. Because you, you mentioned that. So let's just say that we've got, we've got some small business owners that are out there that are listening to this, and they've got this great vision. And let's say they've got a staff of, of you know, three managers that work for them. How can that person really dive in? How can, you know, walk through an example, if you will. How can they, how can they test how can they test that with their team? Because they may, yeah. they may hear that, but they may not understand it. Yeah, I think the way you test it with the team, and this goes to the, the type of culture you're creating in your organization. Are you creating a, a culture of conversation or domination? Mm. You know, and as a leader, you know, I want to be creating a, a culture where there's conversation. You know, I may be the leader, but really I'm just playing one role on the team. Everybody on the team is necessary and for, for many leaders, we may be one, two, or even 10 steps away from the front line. And so often, what's happening on the front line may not make it up uh, to the leader, and then uh, right vision may not make it down to the people on the front line. So to have conversations around something you think you want to do with your business or your organization, either a new direction or a bigger direction or uh, adding something or taking something away, um, I just think it's... It's a, it's a really great idea to get in front of your people and say, hey, let me tell you what I've been thinking about. And, and let, what, how does that hit you? 
And, and what do you think about it? What holes are in this? What am I not seeing that would apply to our customers or our staff at large or whatever the situation is? And so the way you, the, when I say test it, what I mean is, is any leader, if, if you're prideful enough to think that you've got it on lockdown from the beginning, I'm afraid for you. <laughs> um, and so I need help. I want people in the boat with me, just like your team members want you in the boat with them. Mm-hmm. If they're making a decision or doing something uh, in the course of, of, of running your business as a leader, I want the people in the boat with me. I want them to feel like they've got uh, ownership of the, the, the things that we're talking about doing or where we're going. Because if I get that, even if nothing changes about the original idea, everybody on the team is going to feel like they own a part of it. Like they at least had a voice in it and they were heard. Most of us don't mind being told no, as long as we've had a chance to verbalize our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Think about this. If you hear something, they're told, do this and don't ask me why, you know, it's just like when your parents would say, just cause I said so. Mm -hmm. Nobody, no kid likes that. Well, no worker likes that either. Uh, And so that's what I mean by testing it. Okay. Uh, man, that is again, a great answer. Actually, I, I, I had a, I had a follow-up question. I may remember it because I forgot it. So, uh, uh, let me think just for a second. Cause I think that, um, well, you're I, doing that, let me just throw this out too. that, um, you know, another way to test it is if you have an idea and you get some conversation around it, find a way to prototype it or run a beta test to see if it gains some traction. Again, you, you can, uh, you can test it that way too, but I think the primary test is having the conversation. Yeah. I I remember what I was going to say. And one thing that I have started doing with my leadership, especially with our managers is I give them permission to speak into me. Absolutely. And I think that a lot of people that, you know, are in my position could you very carefully say to your point, I got all the answers. I know all the stuff, but here's the thing. If I ever get to that point, and I think one thing for me that I, I want to, I really work hard on every day is that I did not, I'm not the founder of our, my, our family owned business. I'm just blessed. I get to run it. And I work every day intentionally to make sure I never forget where I came from. Yep. Cause I think that in doing that is, is being a humble or being a servant leader. And I think that, you know, you want to be careful in using the word servant leader to me. You don't want to say you're a servant leader. You just want to be a servant leader and do That's it. Exactly right. If you have to identify yourself as one, you're not one. I, I, I agree. You know, so I think that's good. So, all right. Hey, my, uh, our next question, what are some of the potential pitfalls of having a vision without pruning the culture of the company? Yeah. Um, well, vision um, or new vision means that change is necessary. So right out of the gate, you know, change is necessary. Uh, and it could be change in action or process or even attitude uh, in uh, the people. So, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a new process or new people, but some kind of change is going to have to take place uh, when a, a vision or a new vision comes around. So the question is, are we creating a work, a work culture that's ready for change? Uh, are we creating a culture where people are more dedicated to the why than the what. Um, A leader doesn't win when the team just does what he or she wants them to do. But a leader wins when the team wants what the leader wants. Mm. And so it's, it's our culture that creates atmosphere where no one claims ownership over the what, but they're very deeply committed to the why. And so when we get our teams more attached to what 
we or they do than the why they're doing it, then you've created a culture of silos and selfishness, not a true team and not real unified support. Uh, so the idea of pruning doesn't necessarily mean, it can mean you're cutting things away, but it doesn't mean you're cutting away people. But you may be cutting away mindsets. You may be cutting away attitudes. You may be changing a process that somebody created years ago that they feel real pride and ownership in. And that's, a, that's an okay thing. But if they're so much more, so more committed to the fact that, that that's theirs, the what that they're doing, as opposed to the something that people again not are afraid of but actually energizes them because they see change produces momentum or growth or something new and so we have to create a culture where people are more committed to the why than the what um amen i couldn't agree more <laughs> i think that um you know and i think that uh when when i'm here when i heard your answer the you know, in, 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 in our manufacturing world, you know, there's, there's peaks and valleys and, you know, our, our manager's plates and our team members' plates were very full. So, you know, and you and I had a conversation a few months ago about margin. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of times that people that are so deep in the weeds on a daily basis and when, and, and I'm definitely a vision guy and, and I'm, I'm vision, but, but you know what, uh, again, I can talk. And one thing I've learned as a becoming a veteran uh, leader, just because of my age, nothing else. So is that um, I've got to be careful that if I've got 10 things that are in my mind, I don't need to share all 10 things with our team because they're, I need to share one of them. That's maybe right. two, but maybe but because they don't, they're not going to know what direction to go in. So right. when I was younger, man, I would just, I would blurt out all 10. And, and now <laughs> looking back on the other side of that, that was not very good leadership on my point. You know, well, it's a, you get excited about what you've been learning. It's kind of goes, uh, I think, to the, the next question we're getting to. But but it is. It's a, as a leader. You've digested things. You've thought about things. You've worked them out in your mind. You've got all these things you want to do. And then when you get that, uh, get something resolved in your mind, you set that down and you just start working on something else. And before you know it, you're taking that big wheelbarrow load of stuff and dumping it on your team. And they don't they don't know know what to, what to do with it. So you're right, man. T time, time can be uh, – a leader's best friend, you know, yeah, yeah, or worst enemy. That's right. And I think, again, you know, I think that as we are, as we're, as we're setting up new vision, new ideas change, I think one thing that we need to be careful of with the teams that we lead is we've got to give them margin to sink in, to think about this to where they can, they can do it. Cause you know, if you can't, if you don't have margin, you just think you're just piling more stuff, you, you know, you got a five gallon bucket, that five gallon bucket's already full in their mind and you're trying to put two more gallons in it. So that's right. You know. yep. People aren't, aren't built, you know, we're all built to withstand a certain level of pressure, just like a bucket. And so we can only hold so much. Yeah. So, uh, as a leader, it's one of the things uh, we have to do is keep the pulse on the condition of uh, the people on our team so that we deliver the right information at the right time in the right kind of way. Mm -hmm. So they're able to digest it, process it, ask some questions, and then get on board and get ready to go forward. Yeah. Now that, that's really good. All right. Hey, um, uh, my next question, what are some business lessons learned from the recent changes in the vision and culture of the church? Yeah, really good question. I think the biggest thing that um, I've been learning 
over the last year is, has a lot to do with what we've, we've already discussed. And it's really the importance of giving the team a voice in the vision, uh, the importance of giving the team a chance to ask questions and digest what's going on and contribute uh, to where you want to go. You know, because leaders, mo- most leaders see things clear, see things early and chew on them, get set on them, and then share them and expect the team to be where they are instantly. Um, and so it's important to understand, you know, this idea and give people a chance to get on board at the appropriate pace. You know, time, as I said earlier, time can be a leader's best friend and biggest enemy. Uh, leaders want to go fast, get things done yesterday, you know. Uh, but I would bet if we polled your listeners um, that everyone would have a story of a great idea they had blowing up because they went too fast. Mm-hmm. And so I think the biggest lesson uh, I've been learning is to slow down, get the team involved, cultivate unity, and then move forward. And one other thing I'll add um, is, is pray. Uh, you, know, um, you know, don't underestimate the power of insight that comes through prayer and reflection and just asking God to give you, uh, give your team even uh, a mind and a heart to see what you see. You know, so the more time we spend uh, asking God to, to, to get on, uh, uh, get involved in what we're doing, either in our own minds and hearts, and then ask, actually giving attention to the people we lead and we shepherd and asking him to, to shape and mold their mind and hearts to get on board too. Because a, a clear, tested vision and great unity can accomplish just about anything. You know, all the other challenges and questions, you know, the what's and the how's, that come uh, after will be much more easily resolved when the vision's been, when the vision's clear, it's been tested and we've got unity on our team. Yeah, man. Um, a, a follow-up question there. Um, and a, again, some of our listeners now may be struggling cause I, I heard, I heard you say create unity. Mm-hmm. So if you've, and, and again, you know, this is, and, and this question really has already been answered in some of the things we talked about earlier. But just to dive a little deeper, just so they can understand, you know, um, what do you mean by creating unity? Well, unity doesn't just happen. Um, And so as a leader, I think our primary responsibility is to find where people aren't aligned and work to get them aligned. And I think one of the, the best qualities a leader can have is to not expect the people on his or her team to conform to the best uh, conform to the way that I want to lead. I think a leader's best quality is to learn how to conform to how each individual on the team is best led. You know, I don't expect the people on my team to, to uh, conform to the way I communicate. I want to learn how they hear and I want to adjust how I communicate to the way they hear best. And so I think you know, again, unity is not just going to happen. I can't just ask for it and get it. I have to model it. And so if, I, if I'm diligent about making adjustments on my end to get where they are, then that's going to model for them that on their end, they can make adjustments to get where I am. And in some way, we'll kind of meet in the right kind of space and we'll have the right kind of culture that allows us to stay aligned. Because as you know, um, you know, the, this is a, a Bible verse, but without vision, uh, people cast off restraint. 
And so there's got to be clarity of vision so that, and there's got to be unity around it because if you're just one degree off on vision, by the time you get a week, a month, a year down the road, you're going to have a big gap. And a lot of times it's not going to come back to whether or not the vision was communicated clearly. It's going to be caught. It's going to come back to the fact that there was disunity on the team. And so working to cultivate a sense of unity um, is super important. And again, it's just not going to happen. And it is the leader's responsibility to create unity on the team. Uh, man, um, I, I, that was for our listeners. I mean, what Shane said was just absolute gold there. So it's great, great information. Okay, uh, Shane, next question. What influences culture? I mean, a lot of things influence culture, but I think the primary influencer should be the leader. Um, you know, you, you're, um, you're, you're not always going to get what you expect, but you will get what you model. And so um, I think the, the culture, you know, you can have a vision even around culture. What do you want it to feel like when you walk into your business? What do you want the attitude of the people in your team to be when they show up for work or when they go home? Um, <clears throat> And when you get a picture of that, the type of atmosphere I want to work in, <clears throat> excuse me, I've got to set the pace in that. So vision comes from, from, from the culture or the, the biggest influence is going to be the leader. And then, of course, whatever industry you're in, there's going to be some influences in that industry to be aware of best practices, what's, what's going on. Maybe another thing that can influence culture is getting your people connected with other people and other organizations that do something similar. And so you can learn from other people's culture, pick up some good things, learn how to get rid of some bad things. Uh, Cause a lot of times you can think you have a really great culture until you visit somebody else's business and you're like, wow, I wish it felt like this were, you know, at, at, at my work. And uh, so I think relationships that can help a, a leader understand, but the primary influence is going to be the, the leader and how they model it. Uh, that's uh Again, that's great. And I think that, um, again, second time, man, my, my mind is overwhelmed with all the great nuggets of information today. I had another question and maybe I'll think about it here in just a minute. Uh, but I think that, um, again, you know, when it comes to, uh, again, to, to culture, and I want to side, sidestep for a second. One of our team members, uh, I asked him this question this morning, and he had said that he had heard or saw somewhere that um, – culture will eat vision for lunch. Yeah. I've heard that, you know, and, and he, he had thought that came from, um, from John Maxwell, you know, again, you know, the godfather of that. So that's right. So, um, in it's, um, that he said, vision is the words culture is the actions mm -hmm. and the actions and actions speak louder than words. Mm -hmm. I think that I think that's really good. And, you know, one thing, um, and, and we talked about this last month in our in our podcast is one thing that that I'm going through. And Shane, actually, I want to want to give you this book. I've got a book for you next time we we connect. Awesome. It's uh, and it's called Five Voices. So you know, and you talked about that we need to we need to connect with each manager, each person, each one of our direct reports, and we're going to manage them differently. And I think the and what I've I've learned this in the last month is that we've got to understand their voice yeah. and the way that I communicate with them. Let's just, let's, let's assume that I, that I reported to you and then let's say somebody else reported to you, my, my voice and the way I hear your voice are different than how it would be with another team member. 
Yeah. It's really, it's really given us, you know, some really easy, simple tools that we all have a, we all have a, a voice and there's five voices, pioneer, uh, connector, creative, guardian, and nurturer. Yeah. And so I think, so I think that to understand that, and I think the big thing is again with culture is that we've got to give people permission to speak as leaders. We got to give people permission to speak into us. We yeah. got permission to speak into them because I think that we don't want to be leaders that just have all the answers. We just want, we want to be, and I think Craig Rochelle says that, you know, you don't want leaders that are always right. You want leaders that are always real. That's right. Well, you know, no leader needs to be the emperor with no clothes. You need to invite people into your world to give you feedback, to tell you how you're doing. Ask them. I ask my team all the time, or not all the time, but every so often, hey, what do I need to start doing that I'm not doing? What do I need to stop doing that that I am doing? Um, and, And when you think about communication, what you were just talking about, think about this. Just because you say something doesn't mean you've communicated. You've only really communicated when you say something and somebody hears it. Mm-hmm. People hear uh, things in different ways, uh, in different formats. And so as a leader, to, to become a great student of the people you lead, again, is one of the most important things we can do as a leader. And again, it sets the type of culture uh, that people want to be a part of because people don't leave organizations. They leave leaders. And so if you, if you want to be a leader that people want to be with, then you got to cultivate the type of culture that you would want to work in. Um, and sometimes we miss out uh, on that. It's like, again, you know, the, the reference you made earlier, you know, vision and, and culture is like seed and soil. Soil's the culture. You can put the best seed in the wrong soil and it's not going to grow. But you, put a, uh, you can put a, a damaged seed in good soil and it'll grow. So the culture, uh, the soil of the organization, uh, really at the end of the day is the most important thing. Yep. No, I agree. And, and with that, we'll close this month's podcast. Um, Shane, again, thank you for taking the time. I know we're all busy people, but I'm, again, you know, my goal is that if this can help one business owner, one business leader, it's worth us taking the time to do it. And again, I'm honored that you were the, our 10th episode. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I really enjoyed it. Yep, so a lot of fun. So hey, um, so let our listeners know next week or August or next month, I should say, our uh, August podcast. We're going to talk about hiring and the importance of that. So um, hey, everyone, thanks for listening. Take care and God bless. <laughs>